Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. <sighs> we did it! I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here. Mapping timelines here or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. everybody and welcome to another spoiler review here for episode two of moon knight from the geek buddies we're back at it for another week here of doing some fun content reviewing moon knight the new disney plus show that is out now starring oscar isaac ethan hawk mike kalamaui and a number of and the voice of emperor abraham uh, a number of fantastic uh, actors as well involved in this cast, and we're going to break it all down for you. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on The Geek Buddies. Mike? I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shannon? Ooh. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor, where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and The Goldbergs. Okay. And uh, joining us again this week, as he will be joining us for the next six weeks uh, to review this uh, uh, series here, is the uh, great Mike Kalinowski. Kalinowski, how are you? Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are we? That's how I am right now. I, I love it. I love it. in the house and all's well here. Yeah. How is the new puppy? Uh, what's great? I don't know. He's all over the place. He's good. What's his name? He's good. Um, uh, Samson. 
Samson. Oh, that's Samson. a good name. That's yep. a good name. Be careful about cutting yeah. the hair on that one. There he's good. Of respect. He'll, he'll say hello. Oh, okay. There he is. Oh, oh, there he is. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Go back with is he going to get bigger or is that? Right, a... We think probably a little bigger. Probably okay. like Cadence's size, maybe mid-20s. Okay. Hey, as long as it's not a jackal, I think we're good. I think we're good. <laughs> so there we go. Um, we're going to get into everything here going on in the world of Moon Knight. But first, just want to give a shout out to our uh, sponsor uh, here, Carbon Health. They power and sponsor the uh, the Geek Buddies here and the Outlaw Nation, all stuff we do here on the Geek Buddies, and they're uh, such a great place. Go there, carbonhealth.com. If you want to get checked out, you want to get seen, they got 100-plus clinics now over 14 states, 50-plus uh, clinics all over uh, California, cool Los Angeles, Sacramento, and other places as well. Uh, they believe in healthcare being a personal experience. You and a clinician, they're setting up a plan for you, and they've also got an app. Call a doc in your pocket that you can put in there and uh, reference whenever you need to have any healthcare needs uh, taken care of. And uh, I, I think they do do some mental health care for sure. And certainly uh, uh, that's something that could come into play here as we keep going down the road with Moon Knight uh, for sure. Uh, but let's jump into an episode two here uh, from uh, all, you know Disney Plus. Excited to talk about it all. Uh, I'll go to you, Vogel, first. Overall thoughts on this second episode coming out of the first episode. Getting more with Stephen Grant in that first episode, getting introduced to Stephen Grant. Now we've got Mark Spector taking a little bit more of a, uh, a dual role here, a little bit more of a, a, a buddy duo, a buddy cop, no, not cop duo, but buddy duo approach here to Moon Knight. What did you think of the second episode? Yeah, I was super into it. I mean, I, you know, I think we talked about last week, the first episode kind of just threw us in and didn't give us a lot of answers. Just kind of, we were on the journey with Steven, so we didn't really know what the hell was going on. Right. And I think this episode did a really great job of giving us all the answers in an entertaining way. Sometimes when you get to those exposition dumps, they can get a little boring or they can like drag down the action or slow things down. But I think having your exposition dump basically come from your bad guy uh, solved that problem a lot because it kept the tension up. So even though we were getting a lot of information about what's going on, we now uh, you know are on our way to Egypt with a much yeah. better understanding of Mark's deal, Steven's deal, Khonshu's deal, uh, Harrow's deal, everybody's deal. I feel like we had a lot of fun getting there. Um, I thought it was great. I, I loved seeing some more Moon Knight action. I mm. loved seeing more of the Jackal. Uh, you know, I think that there was a lot of really fun stuff. I still think if you are like coming to this series like with just major action in mind, um, maybe you're not getting enough. I don't know. Yeah. But for me, the uh, just watching Oscar Isaac do his thing and Oscar Isaac as Steven versus Oscar Isaac as Mark. Um, the interplay between the two of them, like that's the stuff that I really come here for. Like I, and I feel like we got that in spades, particularly near the end of the episode. So I'm still very, very much on board. Yeah, it seems like it's going to start becoming more of a prevalent thing as we go forward. They wanted to establish Stephen Grant first and then Mark Spector through Stephen Grant's eyes. And now we're getting the back and forth. Certainly by the end of the episode, as you mentioned, Michael, the fact that Stephen Grant now is understanding when he goes under, he's aware now where he is as opposed to, uh, what we got in the first episode where he just kind of disappears for days and doesn't know what happened. Now he's aware of what is going on for sure. He's awakened. Uh, Shannon, thoughts on this second episode? Did you like this one? Did it change your mind around a little bit? Or is this still one that you're kind of slowly not warming up to? No, I am warming up to this one. Okay. I mean, I still think uh, directorially um, it, it, it didn't check off all the boxes for me. And I, 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 do, I did like the action, the action that we got. I have some questions 
Um, I, but I thought the script by uh, Michael Castelline mm. was really funny. Like it was a really funny script and all within within um, the confines of the characters. It never felt like anything was being too hammed up. Yeah. Um, it all felt very true to the characters as, as they've been portrayed. Um, and also there's a lot of heart in this. And I feel, again, I feel like the directors for me are kind of dropping the ball. Like mm. I, I feel like there are those moments where you could have squeezed out a little bit more emotion. Um, but overall, I thought this was a, a, a big improvement over episode one. I, I wish they'd been together, personally. Yeah. Well, fair enough, fair enough. If they'd released together is what you're saying. So yeah, I could understand that. Galinowski, thoughts on this? Yeah. You were also kind of lukewarm on, on episode on the uh, Moon Knight last week. How do you feel coming out of the second episode or some of your concerns addressed, some of your worries about uh, the show, or do you still feel you're kind of not 100% there with it? Well, uh, the first episode I'd said, you know, this is not the show I was expecting, so I've yeah. got to change my expectations. And now, if this is the show that we're going to get, I'm not going to like it. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. This episode did nothing for me. Wow. Um, I joke with McClungatum. And, and again, we've got 100 minutes of show so far. Right. Uh, and I throw out Jeff Goldblum. I'm like, uh, are, are we going to do some Moon Knight in this uh, uh, Moon Knight television series? Uh, <laughs> two minutes of Moon Knight and, four, and 100 minutes of show. Yeah. But my big problem is I don't care about Steven. Why do I care about him? I don't, I don't like him. I don't know why I, there's no, there's no impetus for his character to me. I'm like, why do I care about this man and why he's going through this? Mm -hmm. um, when I see him, I'm kind of reminded of Peter Griffin's uh, family guys, Hugh Grant bit. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm terribly befuddled. I, 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 it's like, and again, maybe this might be Mark Spector's version of an Englishman. So when we do meet Mark mm -hmm. more, it's like, it's this comedic over the top, Mr. Beanish, english person i just don't care about him mm. and and if that's your central character for 100 minutes and i'm not on the journey with him i i don't see why i need to care about him um like mcclain again we're talking about like darrow's what's his goal is like he wants to release the god to cleanse the earth mm. it seems kind of generic to me uh again i i after the last episode i was like i wanted to temper my expectations and now I get this episode. I'm like, oh, this is what it's going to be. It's not going to be the show. Uh, but on the other hand, to give something good, like I don't like the care Mr. character of Mr. Knight yeah. and what they did with it, making it Steven's version of what a superhero is. Like it's yeah. like you want, I need the suit, I need the suit. That was brilliant, mm -hmm. brilliant. So there's something I did like. So again, I'm yeah. going to go along for the ride. I'm not going to not watch it. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I was surprised by that too, Mike. Uh, they they made that decision that they were yep. going to. Uh, introduce Mr. Knight in this way, right. but it works because yeah. we spent so much time with Stephen Grant that when he becomes Mr. Knight, you're like, oh, this makes so much sense that yeah. he would have a more, what is it, a psycho Colonel Sanders look to it him. That was brilliant, yeah. Than, than he would uh, the overall cloak and all the, all the pomp right. and circumstance of all that because he wouldn't think to go that far with a look. Right. Uh, so Stephen's more of an aspiring because he's more of a button-down guy anyway. So that yeah. makes all the sense of the world. But I hear you. I mean, I think this is a valid point you bring up in that this, if Stephen Grant doesn't work for you, this is going to be a tough show for you to watch, a tough right. show for you to get through because they purposely turn the, uh, an Oscar. And this is a role I don't, I've never seen Oscar Isaac play. They've turned, because uh, Oscar can be quite ruthless, can be quite unsettling, very much quite so. powerful, turning him into this kind of low status character in terms of his nebbishness and in terms of his being overwhelmed by everything. I'm thinking of him screaming as Conchu is chasing him out of the storage unit. This yeah. is a character that they they purposely wanted him to be in some way vulnerable, and you want to take care of him. But if it isn't working for you, it's going to be tough 
to see uh, the changes there. Uh, but let's yeah. let's let's jump into it and I'll go back to you, Vogel, on this. And and uh, for anybody who's watching here, this is a spoiler review, so we are going to start spoiling the episode. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Come on back and hang out with us. Let's start there. There's three main storylines running through this, or three main relationships running through this uh, uh, episode here. And certainly, let's start with Stephen and Mark. I mean. Kalinowski bring up interesting points. Shannon bringing up interesting points. Vogel, this idea that we're seeing Mark Spector take a little bit more of the wheel here in the running of these two guys and what the, or, or this person rather, and what they're going through, what they're dealing with, and we see uh, uh, Stephen kind of uh, trying to figure this all out. The divorce with Lele is like, I would never divorce you. She comes into the mix, and we'll get to that relationship in just a second. But them kind of having their conversation, and then we find out Mark's been trying to protect Layla from Conchu him and revealing in the uh in the uh storage unit or whatever the content they're an avatar for Conchu. they're meeting out this justice and we see at the end how Conchu kind of works on mark and tells him you were supposed to do this you were supposed to do that you didn't do this now you won't like the next avatar i get if you don't accomplish this stuff and so do you, do you like the back and forth we're getting as steven is trying to like Mark, you did terrible things. I don't want you to be controlled anymore. I don't want you to kill people. It's this battle of good versus evil inside this body. Did you like the way they presented this? And what's your thoughts now on Spectre and uh, <clears throat> and Stephen Grant? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I agree with Kalinowski insofar as if you don't like Stephen Grant, this is certainly not going to be the show for you. Mm. Um, I I like him, like, but I I also have literally no preconceived notions of what I feel like Moon Knight is supposed to be. So right. you show me this sort of uh, meek, sort of down on his luck British guy uh, who's very confused about what's going on. And I'm kind of on board with him. I'm like, all right, I'm on this journey with you. You're trying to put these pieces together. Mm. Um, but then as he got to the storage unit, as he started having bigger conversations where Mark was like, you need to put this away. You need to get out of here. And Steven kind of standing up to Mark and being like, no, like there was a push and pull to their dynamic yeah. that I found really, really interesting that kind of carried through as, as Steven went to Harrow and you know, Harrow kind of having all of the information, a full understanding of what's going on and talking to Steven and talking to Mark about Khonshu, I thought was really, really interesting. Um, and yeah, as you said, like kind of Steven making these assumptions that Mark is just a bad guy right. and Mark sort of being really dismissive of Steven. Um, but then Steven kind of stepping up, like you really see where this is going. And I particularly loved the scene at the end where Mark was in control and Steven was finally the one in the mirror. Um, yeah. And not only, you know, did Steven have to like sort of get used to being in the back seat in that way, but Steven really drove Mark to the point where, you know, Mark kicking that glass, like we think, I think we sort of thought, well, Steven's the crazy one and Mark is super in control, but you see Mark lose it there at the end and sort of stomp on the glass and shatter it. And what I really think they're doing, and again, I do not think that this is going to be the show for Kalinowski, is that whether or not Steven was a made-up personality, was a cover, was any of these things, this is clearly a show where Steven is going to step up into his own right as a part of this Moon Knight uh personality trio um and yeah. you can even and you uh, yeah a trio or more however many yeah. um and even you can even see that in the relationship with layla where he has more in common with layla as far as the poet the poet that they love and everything mm -hmm. else uh that you know that, that that he might be the better relationship for layla than marcus so i think that they're definitely centering things around steven um which is going to be really interesting to me um but yeah so i'm really really digging that dynamic 
Yeah, Shen, I mean, it's curious, isn't it? I mean, because Stephen, did Mark create Stephen in order to hide himself from something or to kind of keep people off his tracks? Like, we don't know why he created Stephen. Even Layla calls him out and goes, I don't know what this accent is. I don't know what this character is that you're doing. Like, what? I don't believe this stuff. Like, what, what are you doing here? And we find out that Mark is trying to protect her in some way. But why create this character? And now this character has agency in his body and is equal now by the end of the episode in being able to control him. And it seems like they're setting up that they're both going to have skills that Mark, oh, that uh, that body will need as it goes forward. And Khonshu tells us, I found you as a, as a corpse, like you were essentially a corpse. So what do you think about how this relationship is playing out? And the comedy, the comedic moments, as you uh, referenced earlier, how did you like the comedic moments between Stephen and Mark uh, as this was going on as well? I mean, he had some great one-liners that I eat one piece of steak and suddenly I go bonkers. I mean, <laughs> really, really funny. Uh, in terms, again, not knowing a, not knowing a ton about uh, uh, comics, Moon Knight, it seems like, I mean, there's so many things that line up with Mark, that, mm. that, that Layla talks about with Mark that line up with Steven, that like, oh, are you talking to your mom again and the fact that you know we have right. this sort of relationship that's established with steven and his mom that's more than likely mark um it's really interesting because uh, new identities cover identities is something that's clearly not new for mark i mean layla's mm -hmm. clearly very acquainted with this and it almost is a a cover cover identity that has you know grown into a, a personality of its own it, it, it's it's really interesting and like as much as i did not like f murray abraham yeah. in the first episode this one i feel like there was somebody different in that booth directing him because there was a menace yeah. to Kanshu this time i mean it there was just it was just such a more interesting character to me to like in the first one it it sounded like his his character from uh the apple tv show that he's in mm. like uh, i can't mm. remember the name of it uh, uh, the the video game company show, mm -hmm. um, really great show, but he just sounded more, he just sounded a little too uh, uh, put upon and lighthearted in the first episode. Whereas this one, you sense some actual stakes in his voice, and I feel like the design of Kanchu is is so cool. Um, one thing, and I, again, I'll put this more on the directors than I would on Oscar Isaac's performance. Mm. Uh, you think about. The way Christopher Reeve in the original Superman, Superman 1 and Superman 2, was able to differentiate between Clark Kent and Superman um, with no special effects. It was just his body. And I feel like Oscar Isaac has not been given that chance yet. I feel like mm. the only difference between the two characters is one has an American accent and one has a British accent. When it comes to like the physicality, like it's the same, it's the same body, it's the same motion. I feel like Mark Spector needs to be more broad-chested. Uh, 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 Stephen Grant needs to be a little more sunken in. I feel like there is a way physically to do that that Oscar Isaac is not getting that chance. I mean, the moment when he's looking at the um, the closed caption footage with uh, JB, yeah. who another yeah. funny performance oh my God, from yes. Alexander Cole. Anytime, anytime a Brit calls someone else a donut, I think that is so funny. Um, but when he, when uh, Mark looks up into the camera and he's like, oh, it's you, mate. And he's just like, no, that's not me. And it's just like, we need to see, like, we know it's not him. Right. But I feel like as an audience, we need to see it more. And we're just not seeing it yet. Um, when yeah. Mark kicks, kick, you know, destroys that mirror, that's when I feel like we see it for the first, like, okay, that is, that is a different guy. Right, right. Hey, interesting. Kalinowski, you know, you and I are both big Moon Knight fans. Mark Spector is... 
as you said, kind of the James Bond of the Marvel comics, seeing him, even even seeing the way he's portrayed here, where he's unsettled, he's unsure, he's trying to stop Steve, he can't control his own body, he can't force Steven out of his own body and to take control. And then Khonshu is essentially uh, browbeating him, making him insecure, making him scared. This is not the Mark Spector I, I imagine that you wanted to see and then you counter with a Stephen Grant that you're not a fan of is this tough for you to watch on both sides on both levels because of how they're uh doling out Spectre and how they're doling out to um Stephen I think this is something that towards our final episode of this we'll be able to kind of get a better grasp of like Mm. I'm curious why there's and it could be the character of Jake Lockley which is his third personality right why that's not there and why they went with Stephen because Mark in all the iterations is the driving force right so why they decided to go with this. And again, the next two episodes could be all Mark. And then the final two could be all Jake. And it all ties together. You know, the, Marvel has definitely earned the goodwill. They know what they're doing with this character. Or maybe they were on the side where they said, you know what? Not many people know this character as, as opposed to our others. Let's let's go. You got a different take. Do it. Uh, and again, people have pointed out, like, for now, what, since the 70s, there's been no definitive run of Moon Knight. Yeah, that people right. said this is the this is the run that we've got that people know we've got to do. So there's more latitude in what they're doing. Uh, I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Um, to McClung's point, there there needs to be more of a switch uh, for what we're seeing with him, like a physicality switch. Um, but again, so many questions. But again, I think maybe it's I'm just not connecting with Stephen Grant. Yeah. So maybe that's why, as opposed, I'm not as uh, invested in his journey of what he's going through. I, I don't care that he's in pain or he's in trouble. I, I just don't, uh, for some reason, it's, it's not connecting with me. And then that's just me. That's not a, that's not that he's not giving a great performance. I yep. think it looks beautiful. I think if they shot in Atlanta, which I'm sure they probably did. Most of it doesn't look it, you know, it looks very, very much like they shot in England. I think that, I, I think I'm, they did shoot it in England. Okay. And I'm curious okay. to see what they're gonna do with Egypt now, how they're going to yeah. pull this off. Yeah. But yeah, sure. yeah the production value, everything like that, the casting is great. It's just, the motivation with the characters and, and what they're doing with them is not working with me right now. Okay, fair enough. My, there's my people, well, there's a lot of people that were saying, because um, I'm just curious as to what you two think of it as someone who knows it more, because I don't really know, but I did notice, like, you know, I think in the first episode when that girl uh, in the museum came up and said, hey, you yeah. asked me out, we're going to steak, or the fish disappearing, like, with the information we had, we are like, oh, well, that wasn't Steven, so it was clearly Mark. But a lot of people online are saying, no, like, we're going to find out that that was Jake, because... Yeah. It doesn't seem like Mark is the guy now that we're getting to know him and he's really just focused on his mission and doing whatever that's going to go replace a fish or ask a girl out to dinner. So there's a lot of people that are saying there's hints there that we're seeing that there is another personality that's been popping out that we'll reveal later, uh, which I'm really interested by because, yeah, I was attributing a lot to Mark that by the end of this episode, I kind of was like, I don't I don't know that this is the guy that would have done those things. Yeah. If you take Moon Knight out of it, he's always had three personalities. No matter what version of the character it's been, there's always been three and Moon Knight. So I I don't see them skipping this over, just saying, yeah, we're going to go with two because three is too confusing. Yeah. So question for Kalinowski and John. In the comics, so you've got the three personalities. Is Moon Knight essentially a fourth personality or is it Mark in costume well that's the the contrary well yes yes not necessarily another personality uh i don't think right. it's more just a, it's, it's just more it's just specter like specter like yeah, and I, 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 i've been trying to remember gotcha. if, like, the multiple personalities came a little later like, yeah at the beginning yeah. he was very much straightforward and then they kind of did a retcon early on from what i remember 
Yeah, um, and Kanchu has only recently become like a malevolent yeah. force. Like it, it, initially, he was just kind of this. You have to do this. Mid two thousands. Yeah, mid two thousands yeah. is when he started to become more active right. in like the worst. It was almost like I remember the, the stuff. There's like they had Kanchu's like a little Jiminy Cricket a lot of times yeah. on his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> this giant beak character was always on his shoulder, like a Jiminy Cricket. So it's that really, is. Yeah. I want to say it was Bendis that created that, but I, I can be completely wrong. Completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it was the mid two thousands. Yeah, that's when he started to become, and that's when you. I would read the comics and be like, Dude, "This guy's an a hole." Like you, yeah, you just yeah, to, he's not a good guy. Yeah, he's not. And so they're certainly like leaning into that aspect, and we certainly saw Conchu throughout this episode. Yeah, we all we got him kind of. Uh, we got to see that Conchu isn't as strong as we thought because Harrow tells uh, Mark or tells Stephen, "You don't have to do anything he tells you to." You don't have to, he can just blow the wind and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't affect you. It's not a big deal. It, it's, it is a big deal to Mark, though, because he's sworn to be an avatar. Steven has it. And so we see that there are limits to Conchu, what he could do. But Conchu tries to use manipulation on Mark. No different than what we're seeing Harrow try to do on Mark. So it's very interesting. Um, I like the back and forth. I like the two different characterizations. I'm curious, and I think, Mike, this is a great thing you bring up here because that makes sense because Mark loves Layla. That's why he's divorcing her and trying to keep her out of this because he doesn't want her to walk down the path he walked. So they both, in essence, do love her in some way. Um, so Jake seems to be the logical choice to be trying to mess around and flirt and set up dates and do all these kinds of things. So his is he is he disappearing for different things under different personalities. It's going to be fascinating to see. And there's a lot of shattered mirrors. Eventually, a lot of, sh- a lot of shattered mirrors in this show. <laughs> yeah, they so broke saying, a lot of glass. Eventually, there's show. going to be one shattered mirror where we see all three of the personalities. And won't that be something? And Katlinowski might be right. We might see it in the last two episodes or in the next few episodes and see what, what shows up as, as we go along for sure. Uh, the next relationship, let's get into it. Uh, Layla here. Uh, Kalinowski. Layla coming in. Certainly, I think Mia, Mia Kalamaui did a fantastic job with this character. I like her acting. I like her performance here. The connection they have. You know, she's not buying this bullshit from Steven. She's, uh, you know, she's got the divorce papers. They have that moment about the French poet. Uh, and if you notice for spoilers there, there's Man on Ice book up there. Kind of a Captain America reference possibly. But they, And then we see Layla uh, trying to kind of get Mark to come out, to embrace, to, to, to summon the suit. To get the stuff going. She's got the scarab. She confronts him about all this kind of stuff. The two uh, corrupt cops come in. She sneaks out the window and then eventually shows up there to confront Hera with the scarab. They have their, they, then they run off, have the battle, have the fight, and she's there witnessing everything and what's going on. And then boom, sees him become Mr. Knight, then become Moon Knight. Do you like the way they're setting up this relationship here? essentially sitting in for uh, is it Marlena sitting in for Marlena? Yeah. Do you like this way they're constructing her because she's not that well constructed in the comics, this kind of version of her. Do you like this construction of it? As I do. I, I like incredibly strong character holds yeah. her own with Mark. Like they, they seem from the little bits of, of context we've gotten of their past life. It seems like they're equals. Hmm. Like yes. they were on the same kind of like we're, before Marlena was always such a, the, the classic damsel in distress, you know, Mark's got to save her, this and that. And she's always the damsel somewhere. So this version, uh, yeah, I'm on board. The acting was great. Like I said, uh, that was exciting. Something different that I'm not used to or expecting. And I was like, oh, this, I'm on board. I like this. So, yeah, absolutely. That's a okay. thumbs up for oh. me on her. So we're going over to you, Shannon. Do you like the back and forth? Do you like the connection? Do you buy the chemistry here? And the burgeoning possible romance between another personality with uh, in the same body with uh, – 
uh, Layla here and then what how Layla is active in helping Steven escape and fight all those people off and do her own skills, even though she's what an archaeologist as well or something, whatever. She's got connections with Mark. What do you think about this uh, uh, characterization here uh, from Mia Kalamaui? You know, I thought she was fine. I mean, uh, I don't feel like I don't feel like enough has been given to her to to really make an impression yet. Okay. Um, because as of right now, I mean, she's she's playing another confused person. Uh, of of you know, come on, Mark, come on, Mark, yeah. snap out of it, Mark. Um, the moment where she rescues Stephen, I thought I thought was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and watching her kind of kick some kick some ass, I I enjoyed that. Um, but as of right now, like, I feel like we need to see Layla and Mark to really kind of ascertain the chemistry. Um, it, it's impossible to talk about anyone's performance in the show without swinging back to Oscar Isaac. Yeah, please. Uh, because he's just, you know, he, I mean, he's the guy, he's the lead. Yeah. And and he's he, he's just so central to every other person in the series. And the thing that Oscar Isaac has done beautifully and i don't think it's being showcased enough by the directors Mm. is playing this um this vulnerability Mm. um you know when when he realizes that mark gave her divorce papers and you see like just the i don't know if it's heartbreak but it's but it's shock like he just can't he just can't believe like i would never i would never do that it it almost involuntarily blurts out of his mouth that yeah 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 and and i and i there there was another scene when he's being dismissed i mean sorry if if we're going to touch on this later but when he's being dismissed from the museum by hr yeah when he says you know do you have any any uh, museum property on you and he's like, oh, I wouldn't. One great, great writing because, like, oh, I wouldn't have nicked it. And that's when he discovers the key in the phone. But it's also his name tag that says Stephen. Mm. And it's so and, and I think this like it was played for comedy, which it was funny. But I think you can ratchet up the emotion there because this is a guy who loves that museum. Yeah. And it's being taken away from him for, because of something that he had nothing to do with. So, uh those two moments, the 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 uh, HR moment and the moment when he realizes divorce is on the table, like Oscar Isaac is doing a great job. And and I, I'm anxious to see what Kalamaui, what else she can do. Yeah, well, also the symbolism of taking the, the name tag off means Stephen is long, no longer in control of his body. Now Mark is going to be more in control. So there's a symbolism of that as well, for sure. Mike, what did you think about uh, Layla coming in? Did you like the energy between them, the fighting stuff that goes on here, the scarab situation, uh, her connection with him, uh, her being upset with him, pushing Stephen out of the way to look in the bag and see all the passports, see all the stuff. So certainly she's a, she's a no pushover here and gets her answers however she needs to get them. And then ha- clearly has no problem walking in to this situation, this, this cult commune that Arrow has set up in this Skid Row area and confronting them and, and, and trying to save him from the situation. Yeah, I mean, like, I really I really liked her a lot. I, mm. I, I agree with Shannon that I'm excited to see what more she can do and what more they're going to give her. But for what she was given in this episode, I thought she did a really, really great job. Uh, I, I think that it's always great when a character comes in, like she came in with her own goals. She didn't yeah. just come in and be like, I've missed you so much. Now, what can we do together? Like she came to deliver divorce papers. Yeah. And then when she found out that he had the scarab, which is what they had been looking for, 
A, she was pissed about it, and B, she was like, well, I got this, like, this is some shit, like, this is the thing, uh, and then showed up to rescue him. So, like, she's a very active character with her own agenda, um, which in general is great to see with a female character, but also because Steven and Mark are in battling with each other to even have dominance in their body, it's nice to have another character that knows what she wants and where she wants to go. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of questions that come up with her because she clearly knows who Mark is. Yeah. She clearly knows uh, that Mark can go on missions that are dangerous. She knows he has a suit, but even when she was talking about the Moon Knight suit, she was like, I was worried about you, but then I was like, well, he has the suit, but then I was like, well, what if he doesn't have the suit? And I'm like... Well, that suit's like magic on his body. So clearly she doesn't have all the information. I don't know that she knows about Khonshu. And I also don't know that she necessarily knows about Mark's uh, personality disorder. Um, I don't know that she does know that he does cover things. Like I don't know that he's gone undercover with other personalities and that Steven is a personality. Like I think as far as I know from the show, she only knows Mark. Right. And Steven having the accent and doing everything, she's like, what the fuck are you even doing right now? <laughs> um, but then I, I did think in the scene in his apartment, she played a really nice balance in, I am pissed at Mark for doing this performative thing that he's doing. And yet at the same time, I, as an audience member, am sensing chemistry between her yeah. and Steven. Yeah. And that's a really neat trick. Like, it's a neat trick to be like, I think you are doing a fake accent right now. I need to deliver you divorce papers. You and I are done. Right. I am also attracted to the person that you are pretending to be. <laughs> like, like, that's a really neat trick for her to play. So I do think I give her a lot of credit for actually making that scene work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to see where she goes next because we took a pretty big leap at the end of that episode we know yes. that Khonshu was like we're going to egypt because we got to get that scarab and we know that mark is there or we know that oscar isaac's body is there but at the end of that episode i don't know who it was that was drinking i'm not quite sure mm. it wasn't steven um and i don't know if layla's there or if she came with them or if right. she's following them so like a lot of questions about where she's going to be but obviously she's a big part of it and i'm i'm excited to see what she can do in her performance and I'm also excited to just get more information to sort of understand where we are. You know, I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah. like Andrew Harrow, uh, Andrew Harrow? Arthur. Right. Arthur, Arthur Harrow. Harrow. Thank you. Arthur Harrow. I thought it was Arthur says, Darrow. I'm all over the place here. <laughs> um, he says the thing, he said the thing in this episode that I was asking you guys about last week. Yeah. Like he was like, I wonder if Khonshu uh, took you because you were already broken yeah. or took you because he knew you, he could easily break you. Yeah. So I think as we get this information, you know, this is a moon night. We don't know. Did Mark Spector have this disorder when Khonshu found him and there were already other personalities that were in existence or did the becoming of Khonshu's avatar lead to these other personalities? Yeah. And did Khonshu know that? And does Khonshu know that because he wants to get into like, there's a lot of questions about yeah. Mark's disorder and and Conchu and like it's like which came first the chicken or the skull-headed raven egg you know like where where does this land on the whole thing that's a good point for sure um and let's move on to the other relationship here uh with the uh, harrow yeah harrow this starts to develop now harrow had questions 
about this Stephen Grant Mark Spector split in the first episode. Now he seems to kind of slowly be accepting that this is happening using uh, different tactics with Stephen, having him kidnapped by these two police officers who are clearly part of, or detectives rather, who are clearly part of this cult commune that he's building, uh, bringing in Stephen, walking him through everything. And of course, before we get there, we get some. Uh, exposition about Mark Spector and this find and this dig, people being duct taped and executed. So gives information to kind of Stephen to maybe kind of have an issue with Mark, maybe kind of craftily knowing, hey, if he has two different personalities, then let's work on the kind of weaker personality we think is a weaker personality to try to get it to turn on the stronger personality. And then Arthur walks him through this whole commune. They have this conversation. And just when it looks like Stephen might get one over, because it's like, I'll give you the scarab. I don't want to... Um, he asks the question. It's almost like in Star Trek Five when Kirk goes, "Oh, what does God need a spaceship for if he's God?" Here is him saying to of all, uh, of all the examples you use just... Star Trek Five. <laughs> oh, what does God I, need I mean, for a starship? It's the one you, good scene in the movie. I'm just a saying. Final Frontier reference. Mwah. <laughs> uh, but, but true though. But we get Harrow here. We get uh, sorry, Stevens t- asking, telling her, asking her like. Would Amit, because Harrow reveals that he wants to bring Amit to Earth, and Amit will judge before you're even, I guess a minority report, everybody, judge yeah. before you do everything, uh, would you kill a baby? So we have the Hitler baby discussion pop out. So Stephen starts to be, starts to kind of figure out his own agency in this moment. Beyond being nebbish and nervous, he's actually pushing back a little bit. He's actually finding these moments with Harrow, and then Harrow hitting the cane, Purple magic, a la Agatha Harkness, out of those cracks that Steven was there showing in Spider-Man No Way Home. And we see a, ja- a Jackal come out. And then I think that's the last we see of Harrow for the rest of the... Oh, no. And then Harrow picks up the scarab and kills, uh, I imagine, a homeless person or a person down on the yeah. luck there who grabs it. So what did you think about this relationship with Steven and Harrow? Mark and Harrow don't have a conversation at all, but Steven and Harrow do. And Harrow even says what Conchu is saying to him and reveals that he was the avatar before Steven. So a lot here to process, Shannon. What did you think about this and Hawk's performance in this episode? I mean, Ethan Hawk is doing an incredible tight wire act of being <laughs> just broad enough, like in the hands of a lesser performer, any number of uh, 90s nondescript European bad guys would have would have taken <laughs> this role and made it so silly. But I mean, just the hair, every everything like you see yeah. stills of this is like this should not work. But the way Ethan Hawke is able to portray this, he depending on how the series turns out. I mean, to me at this point, Arthur Harrow could join, you, you know, he, he could he could hop up there on the Rushmore of MCU bad guys with Thanos and Loki. I mean, wow. I really wow. I, I know I'm putting a lot on this. That is strong. <laughs> Okay. It's an early, it's an early call, <laughs> but calling my shot. I'm calling my shot. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, but Ethan Hawke is doing such a, to me, just he's so much fun to watch. Mm. And as he's explaining everything to Steven, he's making a lot of sense. The same way Thanos in a, in a particular, through a particular lens, Thanos made. Yeah. Well, Thanos if you're John made... Roca, you mean the lens of if you're John Roca? Hey. Oh well, no. I mean that's why. That's why I'm, <laughs> you guys can't tell, but on my screen, I'm looking right at John because I yeah. know he's going to be the most receptive audience to this. I mean, <laughs> um, Arthur Harrow is making a lot. He's making a lot of good points, and uh, Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac together, they are electric. They yeah. are so 
much fun to watch. Um, and again, I think directorially some mistakes were made here because the moment that the homeless guy picks up the scarab, mm. show me that. Uh, go go close. Go tight. Mm. Don't show it. Don't show it from a distance like you did with the like you did with the older woman in the first episode. Like really see that even though Arthur Harrow is making a lot of good points, ultimately this is our this is our villain for a reason. Yeah. Like he's willing to kill this guy because he needs the little scarab. So again, directorially, I, I'm just not a fan of what all three of the directors have done thus far. Um, but Ethan Hawke's performance, I think, is just dynamite. And the fact that we are two episodes in and this is the third scene, fourth scene that our protagonist and our antagonist have had together. I'm really looking forward to see what this final confrontation is it could it could be a big cgi battle with amit um but uh watching oscar isaac and ethan hawk together is a delight yeah it's curious mike i mean he's got he killed the homeless guy what power does he have without using the cane because i didn't see him use the cane or does having the cane give him that power to kill people randomly when he feels like it i don't know but what did you think about um, how Harrow is? Because remember, this is a minor character in the yeah. comics. It's really not a big deal. So they're constructing this from 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 scratch, this cult-like approach to things. Did you like the back and forth with him and Steven? Do you think they're, they're not making... Is it a bit of a toothless villain? Or do you think there is more to come here from Harrow and he's patiently taking his time? And what do you think about the reveals that he was conscious Avatar before Steven or Mark? Well, I kind of, you know, I mean, I disagree a little bit with Kalinowski because I do think that he's a little bit more interesting than just your typical villain mm. um, for that reason, for the for the entire scene that he had with uh, Oscar Isaac. Um, because if he was Khonshu's avatar at one point, it's kind of that classic superhero debate of, well, you can go stop bad guy after bad guy after bad guy after bad guy, but you're not really solving the problem. There's always going to be more bad guys. And Khonshu seems very clear on, I... I do things after somebody did something. And it, so so Arthur Harrow did that for a while, clearly felt like that wasn't enough, and went over to Amit and was like, uh, okay, I like this better. And makes a really good case for it. Like, I, I think Shannon's right. If he was playing some super arch, twirling your mustache villain, it wouldn't have played. But he, he unlocks Steven, and he's like, okay, I get it now. I understand what's going on, and this must be really hard for you. So let me explain some things to you. And kind of walks him and the audience through it. And he was like, so I used to be Khonshu's avatar. And now it is Mark, uh, who we don't really know. I'd love to have a conversation with him sometime. And he's so like, he's so just calm and polite. And he's like, you know what? You should really try the lentil soup because I know you're vegan. And you're like, this is a bad guy? <laughs> it's, it's like this is this is what this is what the conservative right is afraid of a guy with long hair who makes lentil soup um like you know he's like he's like walking him around he's having this lovely casual conversation and i do and i love the the contrast of him being this super calm relaxed guy and Kanshu getting so pissed off yeah. and kind of like up on the rooftops and looking down and like making things blow wind and everything and he's like oh yeah he can't do anything like without an avatar he's like this is why they need avatars like that's why they, this is why they need us and kind of walking through what his goal is what he's trying to do and even though he doesn't have a conversation with mark he does sort of talk to mark peripherally like he Bruce says Steve. to steven yeah, yeah. 
I would like you to tell Mark. And we kind of see Mark's reaction in the plate, which I thought was really, really cool. So he's playing this super calm thing and kind of makes a lot of sense Mm. until Stephen points out, as John says, the Hitler baby thing, which is (laughs) the minority report, which is like, it all sounds great, except for the fact that you're killing innocent people for what they might do. Right. That they have and that's a problem. And I and again, I love that as meek and sort of out of his element as Stephen is, we have these moments where in his, <laughs> as Kalinowski says, Peter Griffin doing Hugh Grant way, uh, <laughs> he kind of like is like, oh, excuse me, but I, uh, we we gonna kill babies? Uh, yeah. Feels like a bad idea to me. Um, and so I thought the whole thing was really interesting. And then. Um, just seeing him, even when he like reaches a level of I'm gonna like put my yeah. put my foot down and do the thing, he seems almost like okay, I guess like he's like the most hippie villain we've ever had, and it's <laughs> and it's really really interesting to play on the purple magic thing. I do want to point out because you keep yeah. bringing up like Agatha Harkness, but to me, the bigger um, connection here is uh, all of the powers of uh, the Black Panther, which is purple. Yeah, because okay, fair, at the beginning fair. of Black Panther, yeah. they're very clear on Bast being mm-hmm. the one who brought them the purple, the 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 herb of yeah. of uh, of the Black Panther, and Bast is an Egyptian goddess. Yep. And yep. so the fact that Bast is kind of the reason that the Wakandans have the herb that gives them the powers of the Black Panther and all of their magic is purple and the Egyptian magic is purple. And even when you look on the Marvel Wiki, because I was looking it up just to make sure, uh, they even say that Bast in the comics is tied to Khonshu. Yeah. Like that there's a connection there. So I do think there's this kind of, I don't know where the MCU is going with everything. And I know we talked last week about, are we going into full gods or are we saying that the Egyptian uh you know the, the the all the gods of of Egypt are also aliens or what are we doing but i do think that there is some kind of connection there um you know and I, marvel hasn't come out and told us what all the colors of their magic right. and their powers mean but there's a lot of conversation to be had around it so yeah. i I'm, I'm curious as to what what if anything there is there yeah Kalinowski, did did uh, ethan Hawke do enough to win you over here with uh, with his portrayal of harrow or the writers kind of constructed this villain in a way that uh, appeals to you or do you think we're it's too broad still it's too general yeah. to make a decision the more you guys talk the more i'm befuddled um <laughs> i don't know I, I don't know we bring up so much of the thanos stuff but i'm like that's also purple yeah yeah i'm like okay again here's another villain that we're trying to side with and like well he makes a good point but this and that um i'm trying i'm also confused going back to last episode now with this episode he was in Bavaria in a castle with guys with guns, and he meets Mark or Stephen in a Bavarian town. But now he's got a commune in England. Have we established that? Does he just show up in different parts of Europe and he's got followers? Like I don't understand. That. Yeah, Europe's like, all what, very close. You know? what's going, like, are we just well, kind I of feel like, skimming I mean, over this? Are we not addressing well, the fact that this guy had a castle in Bavaria <laughs> last episode, and now he's got a commune with lentil soup in England? Well, even what's going when he on? Goes to the, but even at the end, well, of the what's first going episode, on with the lentil soup of the castle? <laughs> what is this? What? But even, but even at the end of the last episode, when he goes to the British Museum, I mean, he's sort yeah. of surrounded by people that have the mark. So yeah. my, I, I don't think they all came so just with him got, from Bavaria. Okay, that's the thing. Then he's a global he's got cult leader. Communes everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, on board. Smart. 
I just need a little more clarification on that. But that's fair. Maybe I need uh, Harrow for dummies here. <laughs> I think it was the it was the lentil soup that threw you off. Yeah, I'm like I don't like lentil soup, so I'm like I'm out. I'm out. Buffalo <laughs> English man eating lentil soup. I'm out. Yeah. Um, the magic brings up a good point. I, I don't know if like because I always thought the the uh, vibranium when it hit the asteroid that enriched the soil and that created the purple herb. But I guess it was Bass that granted it. Well, no, it, it did. I mean, they do. Yeah. If you watch the opening, I mean, I'm not saying that the asteroid didn't hit. Because right. it did, and it did infuse the soil. That's kind of where vibranium came from. But right. they very clearly name drop Bast. Right, 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 right. In yeah. the in their mythology, and yeah. given that she is an Egyptian god, and and their magic is purple, and uh, Amit's magic that Harrow is using is purple. I mean, look, yeah. Agatha Harkness's magic is purple as well. So the Power Stone is purple. So there's a lot of ways that you could slice it. But I do think that if you're going to start saying, well, okay, now we've got Khonshu and Amit, and there's all the other Egyptian yeah. gods that we could name drop in Moon Knight, and Bast is over here in Wakanda, there does seem to be at least broadly a, uh, a connection that you could draw. Yeah. And you're seeing the parallels here to Doctor Strange, aren't you? Cassilius being the former uh, kind of protege of uh, of the Ancient One and him kind of finding the disillusion of that situation and her moving on to Stephen Strange. And then also Mordo by the end being disillusioned by the Ancient One himself and moving away from this uh, ideology. And we're seeing here where uh, Harrow had been an avatar for Conchu and then had reached some kind of points of kind of breaking point. I wonder if we're going to get a scene between Conchu and Harrow I, where they kind of talk this out as a former son and father type thing or mentor mentee and explains like why he broke off from this. Cause obviously this is not in the comics, and, you know? And so, yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be great to see that if he's the reason he's physically broken as well, you know, he's walking with the cane. Oh, yeah. Like Certainly he possible. wouldn't have chosen a man that was, you know, right. Less like he wanted, he wanted Mark. Yeah, fit, fit mercenary guy. So maybe Harrow, there's there's some history there with he left him a broken man. Yeah, right. Well, so that, that and he puts he right. puts broken glass in his. Flip that's pops, true. Yeah, that could be another reason why he carries a cane. It's true. It's wow. true. Yeah, but I, I like I like what we're doing here. I like that what we're exploring here with Harrow. I want to see as cool and as pa as a uh, passionless as he is. I do want to see some moment of explosion or some kind of moment of emotion here. Um, because a villain rattled is more interesting than a villain who's just calmly pass passing through the episodes, doing his thing by the end. So I hope there's more to rattle him at some point. Certainly Steven makes him stop for a second, and you can see the eyes start to flare a little bit when he asks him the question. And by the way, he's asking this question as this entire cult and commune that is supposedly so great to be a part of stands up to essentially intimidate Steven to give the scarab to Harrow, uh, and then Stephen puts him on the spot about this whole thing with uh, the Hitler baby. Yes, they didn't like the lentil soup either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, who does? I don't, you know, I, I had it once, never the F again. But yeah, so just fascinating stuff to work on. Um, all right, before we wrap up, let's talk about the storyline overall as it's the overall storyline as it's progressing through this episode. Uh, Mike, I'll go back to you here as a showrunner and who's in charge of overall storylines and make sure you hit certain spots. Do you like the way they're setting up the mystery of this, right? With Steven discovering the key and the phone again, going into that storage locker, having the conversation with Mark there, seeing the cot, seeing the passport, seeing the gun, freaking out at Khonshu, running out, having the conversation with Layla, and then, boom, uh, being uh, uh, taken by these corrupt detectives to this conversation with Harrow. And then by the end, 
ending up in Egypt. Do you like the way they set this whole storyline up for this episode as we're leading into out of the first episode into the third and fourth episodes as well? Personally, I do. I, I think they're giving us just enough information that we keep feeling like we're learning more. Yeah. Um, but like we don't feel lost. Like the scarab, aka the Egyptian golden snitch, uh, <laughs> is is like yeah. is like it's a great it's a great device because we're very clear on what everybody wants. Mm -hmm. Like Harrow wants to take the snitch so that it will lead him to Amit's uh, resting place so that Amit can come back and wipe out all the bad people from the planet. Cool, like we got it. And Khonshu and Mark want to prevent that from happening. And Layla has opinions on the Scarab and Steven is along for the ride and is like, I don't know what's happening. So even though we have a lot of questions about what the fuck is going on with Mark and Steven and the personalities, from a very broad standpoint, we are very clear on what we're going. Like we know why we're in Egypt, we know yeah. what's going on, and that's really great because it's good to just have that goal so that you as an audience member are not lost. Like we know what we're moving towards. But at the same time, when it comes to Mark and Steven and Conchu, there's so much that we don't know. Mm -hmm. Like we did get the information in the cop car from the cops that were working for Harrow um, that Steve, that Mark, uh, you know, had shot a bunch of people. And Mark is like, that's not what you think it is, Steven. And Steven's like, you're a murderer. And so we don't know a lot. We know that Conchu uh, is using Mark. What is Con did Conchu break Mark? Does yeah. Conchu want Mark to is be broken? So that, does, yeah, does Conchu have his own goals with Mark? Right. Um, does Conchu just want to use Mark and so he can get to Layla? Like Conchu's goals in here are very open to interpretation, and there's a lot that we can build on. Yeah. And how many personalities Mark does have? What Mark is going on? What does Layla fully know about Mark? What is she going to learn about Mark? So from an emotional character standpoint, there's still so much interesting stuff to play with as we're kind of going to this ultimate finale of are we going to bring Amit back or not? So I think yeah. that's all really interesting to me. And like I said earlier on, just this dynamic of Steven and Mark battling over the body. I mean, like that, that Mark is like, look, I'm in control and you're like a offshoot personality. And Steven's like, fuck you. Like, I've got a life. Like, you're not, you're not the boss of this body. Like I have equal rights here. And that debate and how that lands out is going to be really interesting. And I mean, as you guys said, with like the whole, uh, is it Jake Lockley? Is that the other yeah. personality? Yeah. Like, I just love the idea that you have these two characters that are arguing about who has control of the personality. And like you said, there's going to be some shattered mirror where all of a sudden some third guy is going to be like, well, let me tell you what, I'm the one that asked her out on a date and I deserve it. You're going to be like, what's going on? So I think there's a lot of fun to be had with it. And I'm really curious to see how far they can go with it. Yeah. Uh Kalinowski, thoughts on how they're, I mean, if you remove your distaste, if for lack yeah. of a better term, of, yeah. of Stephen Grant, do you like the way the showrunners are and the writers are constructing the mystery of Moon Knight as we go into the first two episodes here, going into the third? It's, it, it's why I love listening to you guys, not just being a guest here, because the perspectives you guys put on, it's like, okay, I'm seeing things that... That, that I'm not that I'm missing out on when I watch it as a viewer, not just mm -hmm. as a person that loves Moon Knight, but as a person that is not enjoying this version of it. So I'm like, okay, you guys make some great points. I got to look at that and think about that. Like, mm -hmm. I do think, and this debate is we've had it for every series that they've done so far. I think, like, when you look at the Disney Plus Star Wars stuff, Mando two and one and two and Book of Boba, those should have been weekly, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Some Marvels, I think, if this is all six released at once, I'd be enjoying it probably a lot more. It's a great point. Whereas, yeah, what if? 
Um, WandaVision weekly was awesome. You know, so it, it, there's our, everyone is different. Like I got to take it as they come. Like this would have been one drop all six at once. Hmm. So I, 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 again, I'm not, not going to finish this show. And I, I fully reserve the right to say, wow, I was wrong. This show is phenomenal in, in four weeks from now. Yeah. So you're saying if it was like, the structure is great. Like, okay. I, like again, it's taking there. I, I love the fact that they didn't stick. I guess I should say this. My view of Mark would have been a traditional superhero story. Hmm. You know, with the with the kind of Batmanish protagonist and and his personalities, where all the personalities are kind of still cool, and you all liked every personality he went to. Like, I think that's a kind of a cool thing. Like, I really like what I've seen in Mark Spector. I don't like or I don't like Stephen Grant, hmm. but I like Mark. Whereas in the comics, I liked all of his personalities. Hmm. So this is kind of cool. Like, I, and now thinking, hopefully, we'll see Jake or some version of him. Yeah, and we'll see what that is. So I, I love the fact that Marvel said, "Go do something different." And yeah. they're letting them do something. People can always complain Marvels of a of a same ilk all the time, but this clearly shows that they're not. And, and the the construct in which they are telling the story, uh, I do enjoy. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's great points you bring up, Kalinowski, for sure. Shannon, thoughts on how the construction of this is going? Do you like um, how they've built this mystery out, and that we're seeing this uh, kind of dual personality or you know dissociative identity disorder coming out in a certain way here? as we're navigating the uh, uh, big points, uh, plot points within this second episode going into the third. Yeah, I do. I, th- I think the writers are doing a really terrific job of, hmm. of setting setting the board for what we're eventually going to get to. Um, Writing-wise, I have, n- I have no issues with the show. I mean, I think the first episode, the way they sort of, you know, dropped you in the middle of it with zero context, I think that, you know, that was by design. And as a viewer, for someone who doesn't really know the character, it was not overly satisfying but i agree with kalinowski like if this were if this were a scenario where you get boom 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 boom, you could knock them all out um and you didn't have to wait week to week i think at the end of the i think at the end of that run the the uh the challenges that i found with the first episode probably wouldn't have been there because stuff's getting addressed very very quickly um for me the the uh speed bump with the show is just the directors right mm-hmm. now. I think, I think there's, there's, it's, I think that's, that's a, they're kind of kneecapping the show for me. Now, a lot of people have said this is their favorite Disney plus series thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I might be on an Island here <laughs> about this. Um, but, uh, Ooh, what are we going to yeah, name it? That, what are we going to name yeah. it? We've got Hayward Island. What is this one going to be called? (laughs) I don't know. Director Island. What what is? uh, Yeah, we'll come up with something. Charmingly befuddled (laughs) island. (laughs) Well, that's not the island I'm on. That's the island you're on. (laughs) But Kalinowski's over on Befuddled Bay. (laughs) (laughs) How did I? How did I? How did I? How did I get here? (laughs) I'm terribly confused. But but for me, I mean, I think the writing, everything is being laid out in a great way. And even though, you know, I get I get Kalinowski's uh, issue with the Stephen Grant character yeah. for an uninitiated audience. Um, you know, I think this was probably a very smart way to do it, because if you start with if you start with your primary, if you start with your with your hero um, for an audience, it's not. And then you have to introduce this befuddled Englishman it's not it probably is not as satisfying would not be as satisfying a journey um and I know we're wrapping up but can we talk about the, our first big appearance of Moon Knight please go ahead yeah I mean so the Mr. Knight thing uh Kalinowski had told me that this is a uh, very different version than what yeah. is in the comics I thought this made 
perfect sense that this is the suit that Stephen Grant would conjure. Right. Um, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought the the Mister Knight sequence should have been narrowed a little bit. It should have been cut down a little bit um, because again, I feel like you run into a directorial mistake. Where after he's he he Boy, gets thrown, he, he you know he gets. I know I'm not I'm not. I apologize up to Mohammed Diab who might be watching this review. I apologize for my. He didn't opinion. do the first. He didn't do the first one. It was Moorhead and the other guy. It was the director team. Justin Benson um, and Aaron Moorhead. I apologize. Yeah, but the moment where you know the the invisible jackal who that's another thing that I'm like okay only certain people can see these sort of you know Egyptian conjurings like Harrow can't see uh, a Khonshu and the rest no one else can see the jackals. But the moment that uh, uh, Stephen's still in the uh, the Mr. Knight get up, but he the mask is off, and Mark says, I can save us. Look at what's happening. Yeah. And we get a brief glimpse of the jackal surrounded by some people, and it's like, what is happening? Like yeah. we don't we don't really know. You didn't you didn't show us. It was really, really quick. But then we finally get to see Moon Knight and all of his, you know, cloaked glory. And his the the solution is to get the jackal to chase him. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I get it. He probably should have punched the jackal or something. <laughs> like, rather than just being like, hey, how you doing? Follow me. Um, the actual chase, getting to see him sort of, you know, in, anyone in a cape jumping rooftop to rooftop, yeah. that's awesome. That's a blast to see. A little confused about the crescent uh, moon uh, blades or, or, you know, whatever they are. Um, because it looked like he took two of them off, but it was still on there. So it was like, mm. are there three? Maybe. Um, but the effects of watching Oscar Isaac leap everywhere with that, you know, that cloak kind of billowing in the wind, that was awesome. Like, that was so much fun. And I'm with Kalinowski. Like, I wanted, that's why I wanted more of Moon Knight at the end of the first episode. I'm like, mm-hmm. let us see this fight a little bit more. Like, I get what you're doing. And I think if you dropped all six, this would have worked. But mm-hmm. seeing as how we're not going to get a taste for another week, give us a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, watching him just you know grab the jackal you know put him on the spire i mean that that was awesome and i'm so glad that we finally got some some good superhero action in our superhero show yeah i mean feige said this is going to be this is a brutal show i have yet to see the brutality but maybe i'm desensitized from seeing having seeing much more brutality in other films maybe it's brutal for the marvel cinematic universe but it's not necessarily brutal as you would overall think of it for sure, because the killing of the jackal certainly was a powerful moment, but it isn't like necessarily that brutal. And even Harrow killing the old lady and killing the guy, the homeless guy, giving the scarab doesn't feel that brutal because, as, as Shannon pointed out, we're watching it from a distance. The uh, the homeless guy we're watching it from Layla's perspective, and then the other one we're watching from Steven's perspective. So there's a little bit of distance here. We're not sensing the brutality just yet, and I wonder if that will be coming overall and just throw my two cents in. I like the way this is being constructed. I like that the mystery is there, especially as a Moon Knight fan. I'm like, okay, I can create space to see what you're going to do with this and, and reserve my judgment until we get to episode six and the end of episode six and see if you took the circuitous route to get to the end result that all of us wanted anyway, who were fans of the character. So that's fine. You had fun with it because there are some crazy runs of moon Knight to do some really insane shit and and mess with the mythology mess with the canon so this isn't out of the realm of possibility of other runs as mike said earlier kalinowski said earlier there's no definitive run of moon Knight and michael and vogel referenced that there's no definitive run of it so 
they, they've taken their liberties with this character on multiple occasions, so why not here? Let's have fun with it. If at the end, Moon Knight is firmly established and we understand what this character is and the motivations of this character, then I'm fine with it, to be honest with you. So. John, Can that's ask, a great I, point. Yeah. I, I just wanted to do, if at the end of this, we are left with a Mark Spector or Stephen Grant that's still befuddled and whatnot, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Right. Like, I would like, by the end of this, him to be clearly defined. This, these are the parameters of who I am, what I do. Yeah. Into the MCU I go. And, and I have all my personalities, and I know how to use right. them and when yeah. to reference them, when to call Hopefully. them, and what have you. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. Bogan? Can I ask a question? I'm actually, because I actually have no, like, so what is, what is Mr. Knight in the comics? He's a detective. But I mean, like, is Mr. So, like, you guys were saying, like, Moon Knight is basically, like, Mark Spector in his costume and kicking ass and taking names. Is Mr. Knight also Mark Spector, but he's calmer? Or what is Mr. Knight in the comics? Yeah. McCallum, go ahead. Yeah, no, John, you're saying, like, again, that's why once he came into the character, like, that was a a choice made in the comics that I was like, oh, this is going to stick for a while. And I was like, I kind of tuned out after that. I didn't like the character. I was like, I like the cloak. I like that whole aspect of it so he he was a badass i mean but there's one of the best issues ever read it was it was kind of like a take on the raid where it was mr yeah. knight going into this tenant building and you saw the you know, comic panels can des- do wonderful designs with him going through every floor just being a badass so he was great i just didn't like the concept of a suit with so he's basically just like a different costume a different, a different take on moon knight. yeah but he's okay. more ground based more grounded yeah, yeah. he's, he's much a detective more... he's much less action much yeah. less fighting he's more even though we've got the raid one that he referenced but it's right. much less he's much less prone to violence he's more about uh scaring the shit out of people and yeah. like the idea like there's a panel there where he says well they can see you coming because you're wearing a white suit and he's like exactly i want them to see me coming i want to scare the shit out of them and that's the kind of concept that uh, Mr. Knight has. He's more about the investigation, the detective aspect of it, which is, of course, the Batman stuff they make comparisons all the time. That aspect of it is Mr. Knight. So they leaned into that a little bit more and less about the cloak and the showy and all that kind of uh, violence that uh, Moon Knight likes to do in its and, pure form. And then in the comics, when Steven or Jake is in control, can they become Moon Knight? Or is Mark really the only one who does Moon Knight? Like, is that... Yeah, it, yeah, Jake. Yeah, they kind of got rid of Jake a little while ago. Yeah. Like he's still there, and again, like they can with paneling and stuff. You do so much more with personalities. Uh, you know, again, that's why Bendis did the whole thing where they got rid of that, and it was Spider-Man, Cap, and Wolverine because those are three distinct personalities. And I think that's why they kind of, for a while, got away from us. Like Jake and Mark and 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 uh, Stephen were kind of similar for so long in the comics. Like we got to do something different. Yeah, that's where the Mr. Knight stuff card started coming up, and it's just like it, it yeah. was much more. I don't remember Jake being around. Yeah, and the reason and the Mark reason I asked, Mr. Knight popped up. They can the re- become the both I ask, at any time. Yeah. Okay, cool. The reason I ask is because, I, kind of to Shannon's point, like what they did with Mr. Knight in the series as someone who doesn't really know mm. made a hundred percent sense to me. Like I was like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, and I do think if what they're doing, which I think they will, which I don't think Kalinowski will like, is that Steven and Mark are gonna like, we're, they're, they're, they, they've both got money in this timeshare that is this body. Like they are both putting money into this timeshare and they both are laying claim to it. And I do think that we're gonna find in the arc of the series that Steven has information and knowledge about Egypt that Mark doesn't have. Great point. And that perhaps Steven as Mr. Knight has abilities and skills that Mark as Moon Knight does not have. And I do think that we are going to see these two characters that Steven is going to rise up as an equal partner to Mark 
in the series and in the MCU in a way that he might not be in the comics. That well, that's my guess, just given yeah. what they've done so far. Great point, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm saying. Like by the end, because the Moon Knight in the comics is aware of his personality, knows when to reference him, knows when to use them. If by the end we've got that what you pointed out here, Mike, um, a change in the approach and that Mr. Knight is Steven's alter ego and will you know uh, Mark or Steven calls upon that to show up boom that's the path we're walking they're going to be more aware of each other and when to use what to use and they understand and appreciate each other's strengths and weaknesses depending on the situation which makes him even more formidable he's not of one mind he's of three minds and confronting three minds at the same time can be yeah. quite dangerous for anybody so well, I think what they're setting up is one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe if they get it right dangerous and funny as fuck because yes, like what i'm what i'm picturing now in my head per let, let's just say they bring in a jake personality as well i don't know if they will or not but what i'm assuming is that in four years from now or mm. whatever we have a scene in a marvel movie where it's scarlet witch dr strange and wong mm. talking to moon knight <laughs> and steven mark and jake are literally <laughs> all arguing at the same yeah. time about what to do and the other three are just staring and watching oscar isaac just pop into different accents and personalities as he's arguing and they're all like this motherfucker's crazy <laughs> and i think that'll work really well like if that's the direction they're going i think that could be really something kind of awesome why not? We're about to get, what, three Doctor Stranges in Multiverse of Madness, if not more? We've certainly got two Wandas, so why wouldn't the possibility exist of multiple people having multiple necessarily have two Wandas. Out? You don't know what's happening in that scene. I'm just it saying. Be in her head. You just, you don't know. We'll see. It's like they're talking to each other. I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, all right. We should, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us for the spoiler review of episode two of uh, Moon Knight here. We appreciate it madly. Thanks for all the comments you guys left on our episode one spoiler review. Keep them coming as we talk about all this stuff here uh, on the on the Geek Buddy show. Uh, Sh uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies on Instagram at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, <laughs> it is at the Roca Says. Thank you, Mike. Um, are you enjoying Moon Knight like Roca? Are you super into it like me? Are you kind of disappointed in it like Kalinowski? Or do you just hate directors like Shannon? No matter what your opinion is, you have someone here you can follow. And if you want to keep listening, here is what we need you to do. Uh, you can hit that like button below. Let us know that you enjoyed listening to what we had to say. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content that he's got going on. Leave your comments below. Um, what did you think of the episode? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? Are you a Moon Knight fan of the comics? Is this matching up to your expectations? Do you know nothing about Moon Knight? And are you digging where it's going? Let us know what you think below. If you are listening to us on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere uh, that podcasts are available, take a second to leave us some stars, leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it to your socials, send it to your friends, and tell everybody to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Well said. Uh, and once again, we want to thank uh, the great Mike Kalinowski for joining us Pleasure here. as always, gentlemen. It's always great to see you, brother. Please plug everything you got, including your book. Yeah, my book. Myself and Brad Gilmore, James Bond, the complete history of him. Uh, available now, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Twitter, or Twitter, Target, 
uh, I'm working on something. A lot of people reached out to me about how they can get signed copies. I'm working on that now to make it kind of feasible and, and a good deal uh, to get it shipped out to you. So I've got some little logistics things going on. You got a special one just for you, buddy boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, See, yeah, check me out on Twitter. We at Mike Klinowski. We were so close. I didn't go there. That's quiet I just today. asked how to get a signed copy. What's wrong I with know, that? I know. I know. Oh, you do You God. do have to drive to the Valley, though. That's true. Yeah. You, <laughs> you go to the Valley for breadsticks, but not for your best friends. I saw oh. that tweet. Whoa, breadsticks. What Fucking breadsticks are the Valley for? Olive Garden. <laughs> Someone oh, was talking God. about Olive Garden. He's just like, the amount of times I've gone to that Olive Garden at the Empire Center for breadsticks. I'm like, oh. oh. Yeah. So you'll go to the valley for breadsticks, not for your friends. I see how it is for breadsticks. I remember the Stofers with carpet. You're going to go to Stofers with carpet, <laughs> the Olive Garden. Jesus. Well, we lost them as a sponsor. All right. <laughs> we appreciate when you're it. here, your family, except if your last name's Kalinowski. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right. All right. Uh, well, thank you all so much for joining us here for the spoiler review uh, episode here of Moon Knight. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode or spoiler review here. Uh, oh, no, wait. I got to say one last thing. Thank you to Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors here on the Geek Buddies. I'd be remiss not to mention them. They're, they've got 100-plus locations across 14 states, 50-plus locations across California, the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Sacramento, North San Diego, where I'm at. Most locations uh, have COVID testing, and they've done over 2 million COVID test so they know what they're doing ladies and gentlemen and if you're in california consider getting an annual checkup i know i know you don't want to go get a checkup you're annoyed you don't want to do it get it done because you've got yeah. a great uh, uh, a bunch of people there over at carbon health who want to take care of you. you've got physicians who want to stay connected with you keep up with you make sure you're doing everything you need to do to keep yourself healthy we want you around being fans of the geek buddies for a long time so please consider going to carbonhealth.com and they partner with us because they care about positive communities like the Geek Buddies community who engage with each other over the love of culture and expressions of life. Mike, you want to take ask it me? from me, guys? Take it from me. If you eat too many breadsticks at Olive Garden, <laughs> you want a dock in your pocket. Hell, you, it's important. It's important to have help at the ready or if you just like go it. to town on those breadsticks. <laughs> or it looks like you got a dock in your pocket from all those breadsticks. All right. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode from The Geek Buddies. <laughs> hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.